0: Learning plays a role in developing respect for yourself and has fundamental differences from the disease of self-esteem. Let the good doctor show you how to throw an anxiety-riddled, opinion-infested, perfectionistic view of yourself out the window and into the trash, instead putting more emphasis on perspectives that fit the facts. Roll the intro! Hello, welcome to Coffee with Cashy. I'm your host, Dr. Trevor Cashy, and today you, you and I are coming up on the rear, coming up on the rear of the, of the human value discussion once more. Discussing the veritable requirements of an alternative to what is the potent cognitive poison known as self-esteem. All right, hello everybody, hello. And Dr. Cashy thinks secure to self-esteem, to the self-esteem disease, is, is respect is respect. So we're going to get into that. Here's what you are learning. An in-depth review. We're doing an in-depth review, okay, of of the previous episode. We gotta do that of how self-esteem is a disease putting you in a cognitive grinder, right? And an introduction to its remedy, the universality and permanence of respect. And a primer on converting that conditional self-esteem to permanent self-respect. But first, a sensible review of Dr. Cassie's Nerd Rage on Self-Esteem as an Infectious Disease. More to the point, and with a viable path toward a solution this time. You know, a little less body slamming. <laughs> Self-esteem is tying the worth of your being into the outcomes of your actions, meeting expectations of yourself, placating somebody else's short-lived and conditional approval of your existence. Do a good job of meeting your expectations and their expectations? Good. You are good. If you failed at meeting your expectations or their expectations? Bad. You're a failure. Okay? Indeed, expectations are always sufficiently high enough to be risky. There is always a chance to fail. There's always a chance to fail. There's always a chance to fail, okay? <laughs> Even if by an honest mistake, haplessness, or general chaos, that is where things get spicy. This risk creates measurable pressure, okay? This need to perform, this outcome-based self-worth. She should try to make this little, 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 little simpler. <laughs> this measurable pressure. This pressure to meet expectations, so outcome-based self-worth, self, outcome-based self-worth leads to increased pressure to meet expectations. And that pressure worsens your effectiveness and fosters more sabotage and low performance, okay? This means that you're less likely to meet expectation requirements, okay? So your self-worth declines and it just gets shot out here. <laughs> And then that again raises the pressure and increases your chances to sabotage. And here we go around this loop. We go self worth goes in, self worth increases pressure. You're more likely to sabotage yourself and, and have a low, perf- have a worse performance, which then feeds feeds the the self esteem beast. All the while you're cranking this grinder and you're emitting you're emitting all this cognitive friction as depression and negative self-image points, all right? So the risk creates measurable pressure. The pressure on you worsens your effectiveness and fosters sabotage. Self-worth declines and your decline in self-worth further ups the stakes to meet meet expectations and thus more pressure, right? This is a cognitive grinder where self-worth goes in and every cycle, every cycle, cognitive friction is generated and friction is emitted as negative self-image and depressive thinking and it grinds away. It grinds away until self-worth is gone and all that cognitive friction is emitted as negativity. Again, self-worth in, negative observations of self and depressive thoughts out. Thanks, (laughs) self-esteem. But wait, there's an answer. There's an answer. There are two ways to have self-esteem work for you. Way number one, be perfect in all the things you do and for others in all the things you care about all the time. Okay. And number two, eliminate all risk. Those things are hard to do. Well, mostly because striving towards perfection is futile, risking that you fall short of expectations is the only way to get better. Therefore, demolishing self-worth by virtue of falling short of damaging expectations is the only viable option in in the pursuit of perfection. Okay, well, what about eliminating risk? If you eliminate risk, then you eliminate any chance of falling short of expectations. Yes, agreed, this also eliminates any chance you have of purposefully making yourself better. You become a prisoner, forcefully restrained in the passenger seat of your own life, and this decimation of self-determination and freedom devastates your self-worth as well in conclusion to this substantial review of self-esteem let us review the review your need for self-worth via accomplishment cripples your chances of getting it when you do get any self-worth from something you do you get worried and concerned and anxious because of how precious and temporary it is this worry concern and anxiety kills your achievement efficacy making you worse at everything connected to your (sighs) self-worth so You end up teaching yourself to hate feeling good about anything, especially when it's about yourself and what you've achieved. And this discourages achievement across the lifespan, thereby killing self-worth due to low levels of achievement. Who? So the options are, try to achieve and fail, your self-worth goes into the crapper, or keep yourself from achieving anything by eliminating risk, and then your self-worth falls into the crapper again. So let's introduce the antidote to the cognitive poison that is self-esteem, respect. respect. Okay, however, before we get too much further, it is a moral imperative you and I share a moment with Aretha Franklin. Let's see if we get this to work. Yes! Okay. Yes! I'm so happy now. (laughs) I'm so happy now. Okay, let's look back around. Okay, now that we have the respect thing out of the way and Aretha Franklin has our backs, is it, is it, if you do a dumb thing, does that make you dumb? In the context of self-esteem, an outcome-based self-appointed value, yes, it does. When it comes to Dr. Casci's version of respect, the answer is a resounding hell nah, okay? Thankfully, there was some amount of multinational philosophical corroboration about self-esteem and how dumb it is of some thousands of years ago and and resurfaces in various forms across the eons up until about the 80s when the literal self-esteem movement started informing public policy, especially in schools, the first crop of the millennial generation, as it were. That's for another nerd rage though. (laughs) So let's get back to the long dead Asian Greek and Roman intellectuals that poked holes in self-esteem thousands of years earlier. Indeed, my, my heavily biased interpretation of that material has three distinct points. One accepting yourself in total, even the stuff you despise in the now is a choice and one best taken Two, what you do with yourself in the now is a choice and one you should make on purpose with purpose. And three, yeah, three. Worth is generated through purpose. An iterative behavior cal- calibrates your position relative to that purpose. In other words, the outcome of your decisions in the past shape the direction and therefore the purpose of your, de- of your decisions in the present. This is the essence of respect. So let's operationalize the term respect here. Respect is evaluating performances exclusive of the entity. Some fancy egghead language here, okay? Is the quality of an, if if there's a quality knife and its edge has been dulled with heavy use, is it now a bad knife? No, it's a quality knife with a dull edge. Is a killer bike that rolls over a screw flattening its tire now a crappy bike? No, it's a killer bike with a flat tire. To me, respect is a universal concept and in the appropriate context, it applies to everything. In that vein, self-respect is using the outcomes of your decisions as a tool to analyze what you've done instead of using them to determine who you are. I'll say that one more time. Self-respect is using the outcomes of your decisions as a tool to analyze what you've done instead of using them to determine who you are. That is self-respect. Is it at all possible you're a perfectly smart person that did a silly thing? Then why is it when you make him a silly mistake that you're an idiot? Is it at all possible you just like entertainment and choose Star Trek as your entertainment source? Then why is it, when you like to watch Star Trek, you're a nerd? Is it at all possible that sometimes you want to have a drink and other times you want to chill? Then why is it, when you choose to pass up a drink, you're a lousy buzzkill? This is the cognitive poison, the disease that is self-esteem. And respect is the remedy. Respect is the remedy. So kick self-esteem to the curb and make way for self-respect. Respect and the powerful influence it contains is yours for the taking and yours for the keeping. It is, however, up to you to take it. Indeed, since you are the only one that can take it for yourself, it also means you're the only one that can take it away. This is good though. It means that you have been, you've been the master of your domain all along and all you gotta do now is sit in the seat. So to paraphrase the famed 19th century Polish philosopher Alfred Korzybski, I think is how you say his name, and the father of general semantics, one, humans are limited in the structure of their language, such as Dr. Cassie's anal and many times custom-tailored distinction between terms. And two, it is easy to think you are defined by something you've done. Indeed, you are defined by the culmination of everything you've done, the positive, the neutral, and the negative outcomes. Learning from the outcomes of the past is the only way to improve your decisions in the present. So here's what we've learned here. A more concise review of self-esteem with a bit less body slamming. That Dr. Casci's version of respect is universally applicable. And for that reason, you can convert your conditional worthiness via self-esteem to permanent self-respect. The respect is always there. It is yours to take and yours to keep. It always has been and always will be. So to conclude here, by being constructive, persistent, and respectful, you give yourself the opportunity to learn from every decision. You transition from a passive impulse, impulse system, impulse driven system, one brained passenger of your life, to an active and rational system, two brain driver. By taking stock, you increase the space between stimulus and response just enough to inject logic and reason, thereby influencing your outcomes. Use those outcomes to analyze the merit of what you did instead of who you are. Indeed, learning from what you did, then, is the only way to be smarter about what you do now. (laughs) Learning about what you did, then, is the only way to be smarter about what you do now. Why on earth would you ever want to make smarter decisions? Because you darn well do! And that's the only reason you need. So if you're interested in more control over the outcomes in your life, then send Dr. Cashy a message and leave him a comment because he gets back to all of them. Want to continue having coffee with Dr. Cashy? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It is very much appreciated. Thank you. And see you next week. Dr. Kashi is out.